Welcome to No Red Pen, the podcast that helps you make the most of educational technology in your classroom. Today, what happens if we return to remote or maybe hybrid learning? I'll take a look back in the past to give you some ideas about this potential future. So we all know the Delta variant is here and is wreaking havoc in the United States of America. The, it's amazing to think that we are having more infections or as many infections as this time last year in a non-vaccine world. I myself am vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. Of course, our younger students are not eligible to get vaccinated at this point, And so there are going to be real concerns. And what happens if we get to a place where hospitals are overrun and whatnot. So there's definitely potential for us, especially at the elementary level, going back to uh, remote learning or possibly, you know, doing a hybrid thing so that there's fewer bodies in these classrooms. Now, I wanted to look back at my initial thoughts on distance learning or remote learning way back in March 2020, and I'm going to assess these as I give you ideas based on them for things you as a teacher would want to do if you are in a remote learning situation again. And I will say this, a lot of this just applies to all teaching and learning. As long as your students have devices, they can do these great things with them. They don't need your class to just be a lecture of you sitting and talking at the whole class. So this is based, I'll link it into the show notes. The post was 10 tips for converting to distance learning. I published it on March 9th, 2020. Now remember, March 11 is the day the NBA shut down because of Rudy Gobert's positive test result. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson tested positive for COVID. And so that's the day that I think most people in the United States, even though the pandemic was certainly going on and COVID was certainly here, but that's when we really think of the pandemic era as starting. And clearly we haven't left it yet. Now on that day, on that blog post, I wrote in my intro, I wrote possibly the dumbest sentence I've ever written. I have to share this. The fears over coronavirus may be more hype than substance. Without a crystal ball, we cannot know the future for sure. I can't believe I wrote that. Oh my goodness. And I know this is an awful topic because, you know, so much suffering has happened because of coronavirus. But the thought that I was kind of downplaying it or saying, hey, this may not be anything uh, is so embarrassing to me. But hey, you know take your L's and and move on and learn. All right, so tip one was use Google Classroom for lesson and assignment workflow. Ooh, I still agree with that. And yes, there are other LMSs, and I do believe that teachers should use the LMS that works best for them. Having said that, as far as ease of use for both teacher and student, Google Classroom is the winner. And I'll give you another example of that. So Google integrated Jamboard, one of my very favorite tools, into Meet. And I will tell you right now, if you want your students who are not in your classroom using a Google Jamboard Jam, don't use that Meet integration. I see so many teachers online complaining about, I did this in Meet and now ownership and this. Just use Classroom. Classroom is the easiest, especially if your students use Chromebooks or your students are a Google, you know, your district is Google Workspace for Education. Please just use Classroom. It is so easy. Tip two, record yourself with Screencastify. Yes, rather than trying to deliver direct instruction over Google Meet, make five-minute lesson videos. You can always do part one and part two. Screencastify is a great tool. There's Loom. There's other tools. I personally like Screencastify. It saves directly to Google Drive. 
and it has some nice editing features. But for direct instruction, you want those videos. Once you have a video, you can do my third tip, add assessment with Edpuzzle. Yes, 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 yes. Definitely a good idea. But with video, students can watch at their own pace. You can integrate questions with Edpuzzle or Google Forms. By the way, Google Forms is my tip four. We'll get there in a second. So tip three, Edpuzzle. Uh, tip four, Google Forms. But back to tip two. Screencastify, great way of giving your students direct instruction, so much better than lecturing over Google Meet to 30 people. When Meet and Zoom and all these things were created, they were not designed for a seminar or a you know professor or teacher lecturing to students. It's just not the way this medium works. So if you want to do direct instruction like that, please record yourself and let your students watch at their own pace. All right, tip four, Google Forms. The big thing I'm going to say about Google Forms, and I talk about how with Google Forms, get rid of your numbers and letters. That basically makes cheating a content conversation. If kids want to cheat with each other, then they're literally talking about your content. That's great. Here's my big tip about Google Forms, though. Please add images to your questions and or your answer choices. Because when we give kids entrance tickets and exit tickets, and it's just text and white pixels, we are missing a huge opportunity to engage them and have synapses firing so they make those visual connections. Please, it is so easy. Once you're in the field for a question or an answer choice in Google Forms, you just see the image icon, use it. You can even use your webcam. So if, if you're a science teacher, you have a specimen, hold it up to your webcam, there you go. Tip five, so tip five is one, use Quizlet for vocabulary. I really want to emphasize this. I love Quizlet. Quizlet to me is the very, it's one of the very best ed tech tools and I feel like it doesn't get enough love. I recently saw a teacher say that their district hadn't approved Quizlet for teacher use and they wanted alternatives. If you're a district that, had, that doesn't let your teachers use Quizlet, come on, get on that please. Quizlet, those Quizlet decks render so nice and so professional, they look so good and there's Quizlet diagrams. You can generate quizzes using Quizlet. There's so many good things you can do. Um, and then you can embed them in embed Quizlet activities such as diagrams or matching into a Google site. So definitely use Quizlet. All right, tip six was use Verso for anonymous class discussion. Let me amend that. Now I like Verso. I think it's called the Verso app, even though it's a website too. Uh, for anonymous class discussion where students don't see each other. Uh, they don't see each other's names. You see their names, but they don't. So I like Verso, but when we talk about class discussion, the conversation really, uh, let me amend my March 2020 advice. It's still, people love Flipgrid. The conversation starts with Flipgrid. In a recent episode, I talked about a lot of the updates that Flipgrid announced at Flipgrid Live. So definitely try Flipgrid. The other one I want you to try is Kialu EDU. Kialu EDU is actually more of a debate and support your opinion with evidence. So try Kialu EDU. That's a nice one for discussion as well. And also the very basic Google Classroom question, that the short answer question is basically a class discussion where you allow students to reply to each other. Students don't see each other's responses until they post, which is really nice. You can even prevent students from editing. So if a student posts something in classroom and is a response to a question, then sees that other students had replied with maybe more information or better information, they can't edit it again to just copy that. 
The other thing I like for that is that's a great way of doing a gallery walk. A Google Classroom question that's really a discussion. Students can post the link in Google Drive or wherever they've created. So that way their peers can click on whatever they've done and go from there. Now tip seven is the one that I would say is probably the most popular as far as actual teacher usage. And that would be to use Jamboard for math, collaboration, brainstorming, and drawing. Oh my goodness. Jamboard use has exploded in the pandemic. And I'm, sh I'm sure it's mostly education. I've actually seen a couple real world examples of Jamboard use, which I really like. But yes, try Google Jamboard. It is so good. And the one thing I will say is I see a lot of social media posts where it's this Jamboard template, that Jamboard template, and maybe for elementary, you need to give students things that they then interact with. But to me, the beauty of Jamboard is that students can create with it and add inputs such as images, drawings, sticky notes, text, what have you. So to me, the best Jamboard is mostly a blank jam where students then put the things they want on there. But definitely take advantage of Google Jamboard. And like I said, I just, I, again, this could be maybe a middle and high school bias, but I think you don't really need to go out and find a beautiful template. Just put a few instructions of what you want the students to brainstorm or collaborate about in Jam and have them, let them have at it. Let them be creative and, and create. It should, really should be a student creation tool, not a teacher creation tool. That's my little, I'll get off my soapbox about Jamboard. All right. Tip eight, use Google's geography tools to teach students with geography. Now, yes, use Google My Maps, use Google Earth. Google Earth projects, I'm really liking what I see there because Tour Creator, which I suggested at that time, and Google Expeditions. So Google Expeditions is now off in arts and culture. I'll talk about that in a minute. Tour Creator's gone. You cannot create in Tour Creator. To me, the best replacement so far is Google Earth Projects. The one thing I'll say about Google Earth Projects is you have to, well, there's two things. One, when you use it with students, give students the um, motion sickness warning because if you have a project where, you know, New York is one destination and then Los Angeles is another, it's going to fly over the country and you'll get a little motion sickness issue. The other thing is Google Earth does have a bandwidth issue, right? It is one of those bandwidth intensive websites. So if you know that your students have low bandwidth, not a great tool, use my maps instead the big advantage of my maps is it's a little simpler it doesn't take anywhere near the bandwidth and it can embed in websites which you can't do with google earth projects as far as google expeditions i did a whole episode about that about half of the vr expeditions have made it over but it's definitely worth looking in arts and culture and i have a whole episode about that uh, at tomalini.com podcast you can get the uh, archive on that and i have all the information for there for you all right, two more. Tip nine, this is probably the, the most outdated, but also I'd say a little controversial. And tip nine was meet remotely with Hangouts Meet. Remember then, Google then called what's now called Google Meet Hangouts Meet. It was kind of integrating Hangouts and Meet. I, who knows? It's now We all now call it Meet, not like animal, dead animals, but meeting together. What I will say about this is, I'm one, I'm happy I put it at tip nine. When we do remote learning, whole class video calls, and I talked about this a little earlier in the episode, are just not a great way to engage and teach students. To me, I think a whole class intro 
maybe a little intro activity like puzzle party in Google Arts and Culture, little something to just get us started, set some expectations, and then I would meet with, with groups. Okay, everyone, I've put your assignment in classroom, and here's a schedule of, all right, group one, now I'm meeting with you. And personally, I would just, every unit, mix up your groups, make them heterogeneous, maybe based on the end of unit assessment, whatever it may be, you have them working together as a group, unit by unit, much better to meet with students, whether in person or virtually, in small groups rather than these whole group meetings. Imagine if your principal said, all right, we're gonna do all staff meetings and we're gonna do an hour, hour 30 meetings and all day we'll go from one meeting to the next. You'd hate that. And so what do you think your kids think about that? So be very careful with that. The last one I said is a good one. Use ThingLink to add dimension to images. So a nice blended learning tool, just like My Maps or Google Earth Projects is a nice blended learning tool, also a student creation tool. But ThingLink is great for that. Take an image, add hotspots in ThingLink. One possible alternative to ThingLink is Genially. Genially is a really nice tool for adding interaction and engagement with images as well. But that's a good one. It's a nice way to add, say, a YouTube video to an image or a Google Form right to an image. So it's just right there, no new tabs, really like that. I definitely would suggest doing that. Well, those were my 10 tips for converting to what I call distance learning. I think remote learning is now the term that's mostly accepted. I posted that on March 9. I think they hold up pretty decently. Obviously, some changes are needed. Tour Creator is gone. It's no longer called Google Meet or, or Hangouts Meet. Hopefully, you and your community are getting vaccinated and will be in good shape and safe. And so hopefully this won't be that big an issue for you. But just some ideas. What do you think? You can always leave a comment at tommelini.com slash podcast. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening this week. I know it's been a while since I posted, but, you know, it's summer. So I took a little time away. The episodes may be a little intermittent. We'll see. I'd like to do them weekly, but they may be more like bi-weekly or monthly to be determined how we go forward. In the meantime, if you like hearing my voice, bring me to your school or virtually bring me to your school. You can go to tomalini.com to connect with me and bring me to your school to deliver some wonderful EdTech PD. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, and I will see you soon.